This is episode 251 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Suman Chakraborty on the show, getting pretty good at pronouncing that name. Suman is a very interesting guy. He's only been at it a couple of years and one of the things that I just surmised through the episode is that, man, this guy must be pulling his hair out at night. And uh, he sort of indicated as much on the episode, uh, not in a bad way, but uh, Suman went into the concept of sort of good stress and how he he likes what he's doing. There's cash flow attached to it. Uh, but to give you a high level, he's invested in Alberta. He's invested in New Brunswick. He's invested in Newfoundland and he's invested in Ohio, also looking at Texas. And that's all happened in the last two years. And coming from over 10 years of experience as a real estate investor, I think we're going on uh, almost 12 years. Uh, I've noticed that when you get into something new, there's it, it takes time for you to fully understand the scope of what you've taken on and what impacts that's going to have on your life. I asked Suman as much in the episode, and, and he certainly indicated that, yes, it's it's been a learning experience. It's hard, but uh, he had some incredible cash flow, uh, specifically in his Cleveland uh, projects. And uh, he's involved with two other guests that have been on this podcast, Manny Schifra and uh, Thomas Larini. Uh, great guys, great interviews as well. I encourage you to listen to those too. Uh, so this one was full of gold nuggets. Uh, we talked lifestyle. We talked uh, about where Suman came from in India and uh, everything in between. And I'm confident you're going to enjoy this one. So I uh, just want to remind you that if you are, in fact, enjoying the show, please share it with somebody. That's really the only way uh, that we continue to grow here on the podcast. Um, so promote episodes that, that you think are valuable. Uh, promote the show uh, if you think it's valuable. And uh, I would greatly appreciate it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 251. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Suman Chakraborty on the show. And I think I said it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that hard. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so you are connected to some people who've been on the show. Manny Schifra was recently on. Thomas Lorini's been on a couple of times. And as you informed me when we just met moments ago that you are uh, working with them on some projects. Yes, so that's correct. Do you want to tell me a bit about it? Well, actually, even before that, like, just give me high level. Uh, what's your background? You know, where are you coming from and what led you to, to invest in real estate? Yep. So uh, I'm my full time job is in IT consulting. So I was in States for three years and then I moved to Canada in 2019. So because I was on a work permit, I was not focusing on real estate. So 2020 is where I got my residency. And that's where in 2021, I decided I can focus yeah. on real estate investing. You did it that fast? Yes. Oh, wow. So so it's easier to get the permanent residency in Canada, I guess, yes. especially in your field. I have probably exactly. a lot of jobs for right. that. Right. So yeah. because um, I was just waiting for one year experience. So all everything mm -hmm. else, I had the points from there. Yeah. And uh, once the one year Canadian experience was com completed, I filed it. And, you know, fortunately, I got it in yeah. four to six months. 
So the work permit you had in the, the States, what, what kind of permit was that? So that was H1B. H1B? And then, yeah, okay. and then I came in Canada on Canadian work permit. Yeah, okay. So my company, it was like an intra-company transfer. Mm -hmm. And your company, did you start working for them back in, was it? Uh, it was a long time back. So I yeah. started with them in India. Okay. So I, my country of origin is India. Mm -hmm. So 2012, since then I'm working with this company. Okay. Uh, so from And there, they eventually moved you to the US and then moved you to Canada. Yes, yes, okay. that's correct. So I was like, okay, if I got the permanent residency now i can focus on the real estate so i had a couple of properties back in india but it was not as from investing perspective it was so like a home home like kind of just a regular buying and apartments i've heard people say like the caste system in india like yeah. does that prevent you from being a, a major landowner yes yes so uh, more than the caste, what happens is in India, like you need to be a powerful connections or, you know, be very influential if you want to get into the land development like here. Yeah. So it's and, all crony capitalism. Yes. Which is the same here. <laughs> right. But at least here you can do the smaller ones. Yes. Yeah. You, you are, because the big players here are not worried. Yeah. Uh, what we are doing. But yeah. back there, you know, being into real estate development or, you know, the concept of multifamily this kind of thing did not exist. So I had to start my education. Yeah. The way it is happening in uh, North Like you America. wouldn't be able to do it where you're coming from. Like you just don't know the right people. They would just not approve your permits. They would Yes, yes. Like yeah. we can Whereas here you can actually get it approved. Yes, exactly. And if you ever need a perspective and I've like, I've griped about Canada and said, you know, Canada isn't great and whatever, like at certain times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I still do recognize, you know, people, People come here because there's the opportunity is still good. Yes, exactly. And the best part is like North America is like one of the best places, you know, in terms of development and all those mm -hmm. things and opportunity. And it has got good tie-ups with US. So I focus mainly in the multifamily space mm -hmm. in Canada and the US as well. Yeah. So, and you've only been at it basically what since 2021? Yes. Yeah. So I started with single family in Ontario. Uh, then I realized that probably the laws like the tenant rules and all those things are not friendly to investors. No. And uh, then I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, I, I'm really scared of, you know, yeah. the tenant rules out here because the moment they can just stop uh, paying rent. Oh, and yeah. you lose one year of rent, right? You're always a bad, well, you don't necessarily have the worst case. And and this is the way I chalked it up. Like I did family rentals for a while. Uh, I did student rentals uh, for quite some time as well. Yeah. And they're both good. The issue with, with the family rentals I found is, is uh, at least 50% of my tenants, I was the bad guy to them. Right. 50%. And I had nice product. And right. I was try. I would, I would, you know, anything wrong, your furnace is out. Let me send my 24 hour, you know, HVAC company. Like I would take care of anything and everything be like right. the most reasonable guy ever. And still I'm the bad guy. Yes. So, um, and granted because I'm, I'm very diplomatic, I could diffuse the situation, but default is I'm the bad guy yeah. and I'm always working from that position. Right. And that's the culture in Ontario. Yes. So on top of the landlord tenant laws. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and the yeah. problem is like, you know, the price per door is also, of course, there is appreciation, but I mean, yeah. I just don't. But is there now? Uh, no, I don't think <laughs> now, so. Now, I mean, people banking on appreciation in the five-year term, I think is, is not wise. In yes. the 10-year term, I would, I would find it very difficult to believe that we wouldn't be well beyond our highs by yeah. 10 years from now. But yeah, that's a long time to yeah. hold. So what I did was 
I focused on other provinces in Canada, like Alberta, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland. That's so where you've I already have. bought in those provinces. Yes, we bought uh, properties there. So those are like uh, six plus units. Okay. And uh, then I, you know, I met Thomas and Manny. That's where you know we partnered up for bigger U.S. multifamilies as well. So, so are you in on the Cleveland deals? Yes, yes, yeah, like okay. Cleveland and uh, other like Brantford, uh, not Brantford. I'm forgetting this. It's 20 minutes away from Cleveland. Okay. So we bought a couple of 38 unit buildings over there as well. Okay. Yeah. You said it's how far from Cleveland? Sorry? Uh, 20, 25. Yeah, the city's 20, name 20. is Bedford. 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 Yeah. Bedford, Bedford Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, and I do want to dig into that, like what drew you guys to Cleveland? I know Thomas talk about Cleveland yeah. and, you know, he, I think he mostly just liked the cash flow potential there. Yeah. Uh, um, but do you like the economics there? Because people leave Cleveland. I had, I had a guy on my show recently, um, Neil Bawa, and he was talking about how, yeah. how Cleveland doesn't fare well in recession. Yes. And, and people leave. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? what we see is you know the net migration is still positive like you know of course people are leaving there but even there because of the job and the population because yeah. even in bedford right people travel can easily travel to you know cleveland and yeah. do the job so what we are seeing is the positive net migration is there and the diversity in the job like one of the employer has like 32 or thirty thousand plus employees just one okay employee. just one employer and yeah. is and um, are they are there new jobs coming to like say Bedford? Can you track those statistics against Cleveland? Uh, so Bedford, not much we are seeing, but because of its proximity to Cleveland. So if you see like for example Toronto, you know that's the kind of proximity. If you have like within one year one hour drive, I think that's pretty yeah. helpful. Well, oh. no, I like that as a bedroom. Like, yeah. for instance, Burlington could be a bedroom community for yes. for people working in Toronto, and people do. And even yes. they're even going further. They're they're going to like Stony Creek. My friend works in Toronto as a lawyer, and he lives in Stony Creek. Right. Uh, but he only goes in like once or twice a week now. Yes. So that's the big change. You know, you can that's work the, the, the work from home allows that. So I mean, for sure, it's going to be a similar uh, pattern down there. Right. The thing I like about Cleveland is the Cleveland Clinic. I think there's certain staples in Cleveland that are not likely to go anywhere yeah. if you can be close enough to them. Right. Um, right. But there are certainly like, I used to invest in Youngstown, Ohio and, you know, yeah. I, the declining population for like 50 years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously not the greatest indicator. Right. But, uh, but if you can make enough cash flow. Yeah. That, then you almost don't care. Exactly. <laughs> the property could go down in value. <laughs> yeah. And, and the best part, like, yeah. for example, you know, the 38 unit we have, yeah. uh, seven units were vacant, but still we are not worried because it's in positive cash flow. Yeah. It can sustain. And But do you have applications on those seven vacants? Yes. So we have already <laughs> filled up. So we closed it recently. So two have already been filled and others are already on the pipeline. Yeah. So that's an advantage. Like, whereas if I go for a smaller units here, yeah. Uh, or anywhere. Uh, in general, the problem is, you know, your income flow is so less that, you know, you start becoming cash trapped because yeah. you, not everything will go as per your plan, right? That's the thing. Like, you don't want to be worried about, oh, what if what if there's a plumbing backup or what, yeah. if, what if something happens? Like, how would I handle it if I needed a new roof? Right. Like, if you're thinking that way, right. you either A, haven't put enough money in your, your uh, contingency account. Right. Or and or a combination of not enough cash flow. Right. I, I I liked to let my real estate 
build those accounts yes. so that, oh, now I got so much money to cover anything that comes up. Right. And it, you can sleep so well at night when you know that. Exactly. I don't have to worry about that. We got we got money for that. And, and even the, I think the renovation, like seven to 10,000 per unit is mm -hmm. a pretty decent budget to keep Mm -hmm. uh you know for doing like these like basic are you doing basic like, are you doing kitchens or just paint yeah like, kitchen floor and all those so you're things. changing cabinets yes like cabinets, some of them. countertops yes but mostly the floor paint and all those things yeah uh but yeah like wherever it's needed and we are not changing where it's not needed like unless and until they leave because we don't want to add to our renovation cost if people are not leaving. Yeah. So, so because yeah. our first goal is to fill up the empty units. Mm -hmm. That's what is like the easy fruits to yeah. pick. And then if someone is leaving. Right, leaving, right, yeah. Just pick away at them as needed. Yes. So, yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's like an entirely different uh, ball game that you're playing. <laughs> like yes, it, yes. Mainly people I'm, in Ontario almost can't imagine, like, let's put it in perspective. Um, can you give me an example of one of the buys, like one yeah. of the buildings that you bought? Yeah. So, so basically, if you see, like we bought it at $50,000 per unit, which... 50? 50,000. So yeah. 38 unit, we bought it at a 2 million, uh, two yeah. million purchase price. And this might be the one that uh, Manny mentioned, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I cannot even imagine this kind of yeah. property where in here so first problem what's the average rent on on a thousand dollars to twelve thousand twelve hundred you know right so, now so uh how many units again 38 38 yeah so equals 38 so at full occupancy yeah. times a thousand bucks yeah uh, so thirty-eight thousand, and then obviously you're gonna have like about a 10 percent vacancy yes yeah like five to ten and then so. taxes on that would be uh, around about, I'm not. It's not on top of my head, but I think twenty, twenty thousand. Twenty thousand a year. Yeah, twenty to twenty-four. And then your insurance is going to be what five thousand a year or something like that. Yeah, six about six. six. Those kind of things. Okay, that's really not bad for that yeah. many units. Maintenance. Um, I mean, I, we usually keep like five percent. Five percent contingency. Yeah, like yeah, I might even do more for for that. But bigger I'll leave ones, it at yeah. five. Yeah, management. What do you pay for management? Uh, seven to eight range. Okay, eight percent. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the rougher towns, management charges more. And the good part is we already yeah. have buildings here, so I like we have uh, eight unit. Yeah. Just opposite to the thirty-eight unit building. So yeah, you're we are all leveraging yeah. the thing. So we have all the team in landscaping place. and snow. Do you have somebody to uh, do all that? Kind of like it's taken care. Like if you put ten percent property management, yeah. I think that should be pretty decent over there. Okay, so maybe like five grand to cover all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that is pretty easy. Okay, so um, now electric, water, any of that stuff, are you paying that? No, it's all through all tenants. tenants. So yeah. you, what about centralized heat? Like, is that you pay for a boiler for gas or something? Uh, I need to check that because we have a team of. Yeah. Our underwriter, you know, who did yeah. all the numbers. They know so. all the numbers. I'll yeah, just yeah, throw, yeah. I'll throw in like five grand for yes, that. Then you have, yes. might have waste disposal, things like that. Yes, yes. So, building superintendent there. Uh, Do you have a building superintendent that you pay? No, 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 nothing. No, nothing Only like the that. property manager, they yeah. take care of the thing. So the contractors yeah. and everything is, you know. So I'm going to throw like 2,000 for like miscellaneous. Yeah. And, what my, and then waste disposal, I got 3,000 in there. Yeah. Uh, and I ran these numbers with, with Manny. But yeah. I mean, this is probably way different this time because we're yeah. just doing it on the fly. Yeah. So at 2 million, that's a 15% cap rate. Yes. And, and the thing is like our goal is, you know, in three to five years, we make it like three, 3.3 3 mm -hmm. million dollars uh, valuation. Yeah. Because... Uh, 
I think uh, the best part is the rules are in our favor. It's an investor-friendly market. Yeah. So if someone is not paying, we don't have to worry like on time. Right. And you can, even in a declining market, you can make yourself the best. Yeah. So that you still will get tenants when others won't. Yes. It's it's not everybody's cup of tea. Right. But it is doable. And again, if the cash flow justifies. So in this case, at two million, if did you guys get a seventy-five percent mortgage on it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So one point five million thirty year. Thirty year term. What interest rate? I believe it's seven or eight range. Yeah. Okay. So I have eight in here. Yeah. At eight percent, that one building. Uh, with a five hundred thousand uh, dollar down payment plus yeah. whatever closing costs, yeah, um, fifteen thousand nine hundred a month ish. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. It's not but, it's not small. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like that's that's good. Yeah, that, that's good for a two million dollar building. And again, like people in Ontario can't really fathom that because we talk about the one percent rule. You're almost at two percent. Yeah. So. And and another thing is, it's very hard to find these bigger multifamilies yeah. here as well. And if it's there, it's like at a crazy price. Although, uh, I keep saying this, people, you know, things are turning around in Ontario. I, I see, like, this is my prediction, and I could be totally wrong, but yeah. I think the landlord-tenant laws, like, once we have institutional buyers, because, you yeah. know, crony capitalism isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So once all the institutional buyers come in and buy up Ontario, the residential yeah. real estate, the multifamily... Then they start lobbying the politicians yeah. and all of a sudden we're not so socialist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you pay your rent or you get out. And, and I think it will eventually has to change. It will. Because, yeah, yeah. Because they cannot just be, you know, yeah. giving the tenant, the bad tenants. I won't say that, you know, but people are not misusing it. That's very wrong. Yeah. Like I saw one uh, post or a social media thing like some tenant is, you know, driving Lamborghini and not paying the tenant, like yeah. landlord. Five thousand a month—that's that's insane, right? Yeah. That's very unfair for someone who has, you know. Sure. Bought. Yeah, it's nonsensical. Yeah. But we're in the chaos stage of the downfall of yeah. Canada, um, and I say that uh, lightheartedly. Um, it's obviously absurd. We all see that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, and it's unfortunate. And it will swing back eventually. Uh, I don't want to see a, a renter state yes. in Ontario, but I feel like that's where we're headed. Like I said, institutional ownership. The actual the idea of home ownership will be very rare, right? Uh, which there are other places where you can look and find that same thing. Right. It's not a new thing, but it's not good for our society. But, yeah, because now yeah. people will be hesitant to build or you know, oh yeah, buy the properties here because, I mean, who wants to risk something where we don't even have control on our own asset? Right, and if you own something, you have control over it. But yeah. So then you don't really own it because you don't. No, really no, exactly. <laughs> and the banks yeah. are not going to say, okay, your yeah. tenant is not able to pay, so you don't pay the mortgage. We yeah, still, yeah, yeah. You still have to cover The bank never, things. yeah, never gave that break. <laughs> oh, your tenant's not paying? Don't worry, we'll just pause this. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Right? Yeah, so. preaching to the choir here, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's many. I don't have too many people who uh, who would say that the tenant should be allowed to not pay for 12, 12 months. Yeah, who that's, watch the that's podcast. a long duration. Like it is. It's yeah. It's uh, but it a well a well established operation can still uh, manage that. Like say for instance, you had a tenant in your building in Cleveland that didn't pay you for a year. Yeah, you could manage. Yeah, still sustain. If it was just exactly. one or two or three, even yeah. you'd be like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> good, good part is yeah. the ru you don't even need twelve months there. But yeah, even if you know we have if that dead, we still have. You're the so well covered. Right. So, so the right. thing I like to do is, if I were going to make the decision of whether to, to invest in Cleveland or not, I'd want to play with 
the numbers a bit like what if my vacancy went up to 30 percent? like you yeah. know look at some really bad cities where i have really high vacancy and say well what if i went up to that would i still cash flow and in your case you yeah, would still be cash flowing seven thousand yeah, dollars you know yeah. so so there's one thing and like and i try not to be overly skewed to the negative like it's yeah. not likely that all things go bad at yeah. once like taxes could go up but, yeah. you know, if there's no historical trend for them going crazy in one year, I wouldn't expect it. Right. But you could run, hey, what if taxes go up 10%? Well, when you have so much buffer, yeah. it's probably not a big deal. I'd say one of your big things is you might have some life cycle items. You might have like a roof go yeah. uh, where you might spend 20 grand replacing yeah. it. And but fortunately, you're, that's like just more than one and a half months well, cash yeah, flow. Cash flow, which <laughs> is fine. Exactly. So there's so if you guys let your asset account build up right. to cover like you know, whatever might come up, you know, right. it's not likely that both your furnace, your central boiler and your, uh, your uh, roof go in the same year. Yes. No, of course not. But even if it did, you'd have enough cash flow coming in to cover right, those things. Right. And we do plan for some contingency fund as well. Yeah. So like usually 5% of the purchase price is pretty standard. Mm. So that also helps yeah. us in a way as well. Well, and so here's the thing where it makes sense to go look at what's your overall return. Yeah. Um, because what if you, you say, well, Cleveland's had a declining population. Let's do a negative uh, appreciation. So we're not yeah. appreciating, we're depreciating. Yeah. So what if you were negative uh, 2%? 2%. You know, if you're falling, so you're losing $40,000 in value a year. Yeah. I've got, let's see here. What is your investment? Let's just make sure we have this correct. Yep. Um, yeah, your investment's 516-ish. You're... Your return with a negative appreciation of 2% is showing here at 34%. <laughs> wow. Is that, we, is that right? <laughs> yeah, we, we usually do like 2% appreciation. Appreciation. Like appreciation. But I'm just, yeah, I'm running right. the negatives. Like what yeah. if, what if, oh, well, yeah. it's, a, it's a market that has people leaving it. Okay, yeah. let's do high vacancy and depreciation. Yeah. Actually, maybe we'll just combine those two for a second and yeah. see what if high vacancy goes to 30% and we go down by 2% a year. These are good scenarios. like because So you're running that. Yeah. You're still a 17% return. Yeah, which is still good. That's still a very respectable return in today's yeah. market. So, And it's unlikely that both those things happen at the same time, same but it could. It, yeah, could. it could. Okay. Yeah. But I think we'll be more yeah. better hedged as compared yeah. to other properties You know that yeah. we usually see because of, you know, Another advantage that I've seen is when you are working, like for example, Thomas has a good net worth, yeah. multifamily experience, right? And he's a US citizen. So being Canadians, we can, you know, leverage, leverage his like, good credit, yeah, good credit yeah. and all those things. Get your mortgages. Which is yeah. a key thing. He's got a very clever angle with all yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an advantage. Yeah. It's, it, I would say it's a blessing to work with Thomas and his team. Yeah. So I think that's where I tell people, uh, you know, those who are Canada, you know, many are looking into the U.S. multifamily, right? So usually I see there are two options, mm -hmm. uh, not limited, but majority way. One is you can start looking at the smaller residential multi, yeah. like multis there and, you know, start building your own credit or best ways, you know, why don't you get inside such uh, properties mm -hmm. in the bigger one? where and you get to see how things are working sure. and you know then it gives you more better thing rather than starting small yeah. you can you know hedge your risk by working as mm. a partner in these bigger multifamilies. well what what size are the uh, multis that you were working on in uh, the other provinces so yeah. alberta and newfoundland uh, yeah so 
So in Alberta, we started with a duplex. Uh, okay. Then now we are closing a 24-unit property uh, in Alberta. So these are the two properties. That with I Thomas have. as well? No, these are with my other partners in Canada. Okay. Because Thomas, I think mainly his focus area is in the bigger multis in the U.S., so, yeah, well, he he was buying in Canada when I first had him yes, on, but yes. I don't know if he's done with that. Probably, right. I think he has few, but yeah. now because you know the rules, the numbers don't work, as don't well. work. So, but I the think, rules are nothing new. They've always yeah. been like this. I yes. mean, I guess it's just the delay with the courts delay, is longer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so now what I do is with US, I'm, you know, we are partners in Thomas's company called Venture Co Capital, and mm. so we buy US multifamily there. So, for example, now we have like. Uh, 149 unit in texas under contract okay so thomas and his friend they partnered and the best part is it has 2.2 million equity on the buy so for yeah. last two years thomas's friends were negotiating so the good part is when we start working with these big players in mm -hmm. the multifamily, the advantage is they leverage their experience in negotiating and you know getting these deals yeah because I cannot know all the market or I cannot have that much negotiating power in each market, right? Yeah. So so that's an advantage. When you start collaborating, yeah. I'm a big fan of collaboration. Sure. So so this is the kind of deals you get access to. This is the kind of people you get access to. And everyone is scaling mm. together. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when you talk about collaborating, that I like the way you put that. It's not like a joint venture in that like no. one person's money and another person's no, no. working. You're kind of all bringing skills all to bringing the table, to tackling certain parts of the of the uh, overall vision, right? And, right. And and complementing each other where others might be weak. And I find, hey, we've all had bad days. Yes. And if you've got partners in there that can kind of help pull you up, right? Of course, it can go the other way. And if everybody's all glum, <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know. Take take that for what you will, but I mean, if you pick guys who who are doing it well and and uh, you know get involved that way, I think that that could be a winner. And exactly because because how I see any deal is you know we are all aiming for the common goal you know to make mm -hmm. a deal much more profitable for us as the managing partners, our mm -hmm. investor community, right? So when we have multiple like-minded people, you are adding like more filters, kind mm -hmm. of. Let's say if I miss something you know, probably you will point out, you know, this mm. is something. Yeah. So we need those Some layers. redundancy. Yeah, sorry. So a little bit of redundancy, yes. extra eyes. Yes. And, and that can be good. I guess the flip side of that as well is that sometimes, and we've noticed this with our partnership yeah. with the group, is yeah. like we have such high faith in each other. Yeah. Like, oh, Mike's Mike's taking care of that. Got Meanwhile, it. Mike thinks Andrew's taking care yeah, of that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Again, like, mm -hmm. you know, definitely dividing it. Dividing roles, but, yeah. But still we are yeah. you know keeping a tab on all the main yeah. things uh, in fact we also talk to our investors as well because uh, we have some investors who yeah. have good team of lawyers due diligence and their lenses right they give us some good pointers as yeah. well so we respect everyone's feedback the main thing is you know like-minded people because yeah. you if their intention is to improve the deal mm -hmm. overall they will definitely help uh, yeah so you know we try collaboration with people mm -hmm. and then let's say we see it's not matching probably yeah. that becomes the only deal we do with them yeah so okay. and with good people we continue to scale yeah those and you're people. talking about your limited partners that you guys yeah. bring in yeah and are you one of the limited partners or you're uh, a general general partner? partners yeah so, so you're you're handling the active side yes and 
So you, Manny, Thomas, yeah. in on this deal, is there anyone else in on that deal? Uh, there is like Ian, a, Ian, Manny's friend Ian is okay, there, yeah. who is a general partner. So he And then is, the rest are limited partners? Yes. Okay. So he basically, Ian basically does all the underwriting numbers mm -hmm. and all those things. My role is to help people in the capital raising, investor relations. Okay, and are you raising money here? Yes, yeah. in Canada as well. And also take care of the social media and all the events, okay. all those things. So I think we have some different skill sets where we combine and, you know, bring it to the table because ultimately our goal is to make the deal successful for yeah. us as the investor. Yeah. And how does this all fit? Like with your daily life, like you talk about you're investing in Alberta, Newf yeah. Newfoundland, anywhere yeah. else? New Brunswick as New well. New Brunswick. Yeah. Like, and all in a very short time, a couple of years. Yes. And into the U.S., like a lot of times you find out what you didn't know after you get into the deal yes. and like, are you pulling your hair out? Like what do your evenings look like? Yes. <laughs> uh, and yes, it's tough right now. Yeah. So right now, you know, we are trying different markets, but you know, one of my mentor, Marcin, you know, he's a, eventually will have to pick a market and he's absolutely right. So that what happens is you can specialize there. So, so my goal right now is, you know, to work on these markets and then eventually, you know, uh, finalize. So my schedule usually is like, you know, I have a full-time job, mm -hmm. so, but it's remote. Uh, so once a week I need to go. Mm -hmm. So what I do is, um, most of the things I do in email, phone and all those things. So my evenings are the most busiest time. So like Monday, Tuesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday, uh, these are the peak days where I'm spending a lot yeah. of time. We even have like team calls go late night till 11, 12 as well. Because right now, you know, I mm. need to grind if I need to get the results uh, yeah. faster. And I enjoy it. So it doesn't look. Uh, no kids yet? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think <laughs> that doesn't that's fly where, with kids, man. No, 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 of course. And that's yeah. the reason I think, you know, I have that advantage right now. Yeah. So, you know. My oh, yes. And, Take advantage of that yeah. time. And I, I, I was just talking to a friend of mine. He's been on the show a couple of times. And yeah. he's just like. Like people just don't get it. He's like, because yeah. we were talking about the meetup and I've paused the meetup for yeah. now. And uh, we, we both say the same thing. Like people don't understand what a sacrifice it is for me to leave home for my son's it bedtime. Is. So, so if yeah. I'm going to do that, it's got to, it's got to be well justified. Mm, right. And uh, yeah. So right now, if you can take advantage, and this is one of the things my wife and I have said, like, man, we were such idiots when we didn't have our son. Yeah. Because back then we should have been doing every last little thing with our evenings right netflix subscription should not be a thing <laughs> that that's the most yeah. like and yeah. that's why my wife uh, you know helps me keep accountable yeah. like she doesn't allow me to start the channel because the moment you start netflix right yeah, yeah. something or the other you'll find it and when you start the seasons yeah oh yeah i won't watch a new season of anything yeah, i will it's not it's crazy i won't start a new show because my personality is I'll need to know what happens. I'll watch the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> the problem, right? So usually, you know, we try not to do that. So yeah. we have books uh, yeah, on our shelves. For relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Just relaxing. And yeah. majority of the time I talk to people and like, you know, one of my core partners, his name is Jason, Jason Yu. So he, me, he and me, like we constantly are talking to each other. So what happens is if I'm talking to mm -hmm. him, uh, I will make sure, you know, I'm not worried about watching television. So we yeah. talk about different deal flows and understanding the strategies as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to be surrounded with the right people who will keep you engaged in the right direction. 
that's important. Yeah, it's huge. Being around the right people is big. What are their influences? Because they're yeah. your influence, right? Exactly. So you don't want people who who dwell on negative. And I I don't have a lot of that in my life. Like yes. I, I really don't hang around with people who who talk negatively. Yes. Even the, the challenging times like that we've seen people going through. Like I keep I keep it limited. If I hear people talking like hard times, I'm like, yeah. no. Like the opportunity is here. Like there's always a way to spin it positive. Right. And, and, and the worst part is yeah. uh, it's very hard than you to focus on the right things. Like yeah. sometimes I feel very stressed out, you know, when you see other people enjoying. Uh, I know, but they must have worked hard or, you know, gone through a lot of trials mm -hmm. in the. So I should, you know, know that this is my time to grind or we need to be realistic of our situation, mm -hmm. not get carried away seeing someone else's good times yeah. and all those things. Yeah. Uh, so not the getting the shiny uh, object syndrome. Yeah, I, I still although have you it. almost, I think you do based yes, on I the have. fact that you've invested in all these different. Yes, I, I yeah. still have those. Uh, but, but if you execute on each one effectively, yeah. who's to say it's bad? I think yes. you're just going to find out that you're up all night, you know, kind of overseeing because you're you basically have launched four independent businesses. Yes, yeah. and it's a lot of work. I agree, like, yeah. and that's why I think. Um, one of my favorite mentors is Marcin Rose. He keeps like I. Um, uh, should I be familiar with him? Marcin? Uh, yeah, Marcin Rose uh, is uh, was a multifamily conference speaker. Okay. Twice. Okay. And uh, his I think focus area is the Texas multifamily. So he is Canadian mm -hmm. who buys and you know mentors people. Oh, and okay. Buying. So he's doing that with Seth then, because I remember Seth saying he was working on that kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 those kind of thing. Yeah. And I think he has a portfolio of fifteen hundred uh, plus units. Yeah. So. That's and uh, yeah, he he has raised literally like nine figure capital, mm -hmm. and his advantage is he is a private equity guy. Like his work experience is yeah. in private equity, so you know real yeah. you know fundraising. So so he he keeps me in the right direction. Um, yeah, and like I like to you know learn from him. So he says, you know, eventually, someone you have to come in the one market. But I told mm -hmm. him, like, right now, I'm just in the trial phase. You know, I've just yeah, started figuring out what you like. Yes, 2021. Yeah. And we are still narrowing down. So, in like, for example, US, we are focusing on Ohio and Texas, these two markets. Mm -hmm. And mostly in Canada, like Alberta, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland. So, mm -hmm. from these five, maybe eventually I will narrow mm -hmm. down in one, maximum two. But right now, you know, would you eventually sell them eventually, off? Eventually, yeah, kind of sell yeah. them off, uh, and then you know maybe focus on lean one or yeah. two market. But right now, I'm enjoying yeah. it. Frankly, you know, the stress and the anxiety and the learning that comes with it. It's, well, it's if you good. see cash flow attached to it, exactly, it, it does kind of become enjoyable stress. Right, exactly, and yeah, we make it, some good money here. Right. Yeah. So right now, for example, this 24 unit in Alberta, we got mm -hmm. it through a foreclosure, so one million straight discount in the purchase price so i think it was appraised at 3.1 uh we got it for 2.1 so okay. so that's one thing we'll be closing so so the goal with that is like a flip so we will probably you know just, try to flip so that will you do anything to it or you'll just list it no just, just like we are increasing it. the vacancy so sorry increasing the occupancy Okay. Uh, for so that rent one. out the units and then just sell it yeah just sell it off you know kind of to a bigger institution yeah. Or it's like an oil heavyweight like place, uh, Fox Creek. So you know Fox they, Creek, Fox Creek, Alberta. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, so it's, it's more a small town. Small town. Okay. Uh, yeah, small town in Alberta. 
but like oil companies usually place their uh you know employees there so it's more like a, a fully furnished place that we are giving them and so they come in bulk yeah. the good part is you know like we signed the leases for five units six units yeah. like that it comes so it's like corporate housing kind of yeah right? so that's one and then in new finland and new brunswick i have like eight unit uh multi-families so newfoundland and eight unit where in newfoundland are, are yeah this is in saint john's downtown saint, saint john's. john's i always get so confused there's saint john new brunswick yeah new brunswick, saint john's no, newfoundland like was somebody just not being creative like yeah well, why <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and usually what happened when i tell people newfoundland uh, they say oh new brunswick like somehow they they seem not to be very familiar like very few people are familiar mm. with newfoundland mostly because yeah majority of my friends are investing in new brunswick yeah, yeah. so when i say st john's they are like okay new brunswick i, I kind of want it i've never been i don't think maybe yeah. when i was a kid oh, i don't remember i've been to new brunswick again as a kid i don't remember it yeah um but i'd love to just go and hear the accent <laughs> yeah uh, and <laughs> i want to hear them talk you won't believe like yeah. i have never seen these properties till date like I've just no? no oh you never been no no so oh, i'm yet okay. to go but yeah like i have the right people uh with me but yeah, you I knew wish... somebody yes so, so somebody else was checking you out yeah yeah so like mm. the realtor property manager then i have now yeah. my partners who go there but our main goal is how can we not go and close it efficiently and manage it efficiently yeah. uh, it forces us to do yeah much more groundwork and build sure. the right team. Well, if you can do independent appraisals, building condition analysis, yes. like if you're getting professionals to do those reports, exactly. you're going to find out if there's a problem. Yes. And you're, I mean, those aren't cheap. Yeah. But if you're doing those those reports, then you're going to have a pretty good idea what you're getting into. Yes, correct. And then, yeah. you know, having the right team. And of course, not saying that we should not go. Maybe in the future ones, I may go. But yeah. I'm just trying to, you know, see what is my comfort zone. Sure. Well, if that's in your comfort zone, I think a lot yeah. of people wouldn't um, early yes. on. I've bought stuff without seeing it. Yes. But I mean, if it was my first like building like that, I'd probably go see it. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to like it. That probably wasn't your first. You did another one in a different province. Yes. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's awesome if you feel comfortable with that. And, right. And ultimately, there's probably tons of people who do that. Yes, because I feel that, you know, when. Uh, it forces me to do even more like mm -hmm. it's not like we are slacking the responsibility but you know how do you like i tell people real estate is a team sport right you cannot do like if you have yeah. that uh, there are many people who want to feel that you know i have to do everything uh, i just want to get out of that mindset yeah. for me at least and that's why you know i'm talk to a yeah. lot of people building the right people going through yeah. a lot of verification not that yeah. we don't make the mistake but uh, still you know everyone will make mistake in sure real estate. but so, you're you're relying key thing is you're you're building a team of good people and right. you got the money and the cash flow from the yes. deals to pay them yes you can exactly. pay good people right like even like implementing bookkeepers and all the things yeah. you know vas now we'll be also moving so my partner jason he mm. uh, wanted that how do we you know set up VAs and across yeah. the different businesses that we have mm -hmm. we start you know leveraging them so that we can focus on more higher uh, work items as well yeah that's brilliant yeah. yeah VA is probably for most people the first thing they should do right. uh, because it's just the annoying things like even I got a parking ticket 
yeah. last week and I just took a picture of it and sent it to my assistant and asked right. her to take care of it. Right. Like just the little things that would yeah. build up and I just don't want to do that. Um, right. You can get rid of all that. Yes. Yeah. And because then what happens is otherwise you'll be too distracted to yeah. the main things which others cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's yeah thing. just constantly I actually love that like just like finding ways to create systems yeah. delegate like I, f I, get, I get an extreme feeling of satisfaction from, yes. from effectively doing it and watching it work exactly because yeah. our main time should be filled up with the things which we want to do yeah uh, you know in growing your highest value activities. highest value activities. yeah so exactly. highest value and things you want to do right exactly if you just love to cut the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go cut the lawn. Go cut the lawn, yeah. But yeah. if you are doing it to save $100, yeah, yeah. then probably not the best use of time. Exactly, because you can pay somebody uh, to and do that. And get it done. And yeah. you know, like, if you're analyzing deals and you work out, oh, man, we just made a million dollars on the buy. Yeah. Divide that by the hours you add into the deal. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that That's crazy return on investment. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you figure out your hourly and like, well, man, if, if I'm anything less than two grand an hour, I need to be hiring yeah. it out. And now as we are scaling that we have like about 200 units under contract. So we have people, the right people who will do much better job in analyzing deals, getting like the it. deal flow. Because you can us. pay professional consultants. Yes. Or, you know, getting yeah. them as partners yeah. uh, because now we are friends who are growing together. Yeah. So we have a, like a 10 p.m. club. Uh, so every 10 p.m me jason and jugal like we three friends we'll meet up no matter where we are just like we'll on the phone on the phone yeah. on a video call just seeing what is the checklist for yeah. property so that is the one of the most crucial call of ours where yeah. we see what all things are happening and uh, we've even formed a company called 10 p.m real estate management <laughs> dude <laughs> so, i'm asleep at 10 p.m <laughs> yeah no, we start at 10 p.m and sometimes it goes till 12. so mostly we are like late late kind of people, yeah. night owls, as you call <laughs> I'd be more likely able to meet at the 4.45 a.m. Yeah, you are more in the, yeah, where we sleep. If you don't you... mind my son in the background. Yeah, yeah. no, that's good as well. Majority yeah. people I see in the morning. Yeah. But I think I feel I can play my, on my strength more by being at night. Yeah. So that that's one of my strengths. Yeah, area. I would say I was never a night guy, but yeah. I I would certainly be later than 10. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with morning. I just find it's difficult in the morning because I'm just with my son, so it's like tough to like because I want to be present. Yes, of yeah, course. So I'm still figuring out how to juggle that whole thing, but my my sweet spot is middle of the day. <laughs> yeah, that is another <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Yeah, because I think morning has definitely advantage because you'll do the dinner uh, early, and you know you'll wake up early, so it has its advantages. But again, I don't know. Maybe because I'm from India, we eat very late you know 9 30 oh, yeah. 10 those kind of routines that's normal that was normal back in india yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's, it's pretty normal but here i know mostly people will be finishing dinner by six seven i think yeah that's the usual time mm -hmm. i was like okay let me play to my strengths and then if i need to change yeah. i can adjust if needed be india is a place i would kind of like to visit I, I i'm just so curious about it so many people don't, here from India, like yeah, I, but don't I, go alone. Don't go, <laughs> go alone. with some some guidance because yeah, uh, you know the moment uh, many people you know they see they they know that people have good uh, dollars. So <laughs> oh, so yeah. they'll you'll become yeah. a target. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. You know, yeah, uh, that's okay. the thing. Even when we will go, you know, people who have stayed here for a long time. Hmm. One of my friend who is a non-resident Indian, right? 
she said me that even when she will go there because of her conversation and accent they'll figure out like she's not a local <laughs> so yeah and then they'll try and scam yeah yeah, try, yeah so that's the yeah yeah thing. you have to be careful i might just ask you a whole bunch of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. about india instead oh yes <laughs> anytime if yeah. you're going there yeah keep us posted you know yeah. we can connect you with you'll probably everyone. be going with me if I'm yeah, yeah of course <laughs> most welcome <laughs> so you know next year if yeah. you want most welcome mostly yeah. next year i'll be going Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hi, friends. I just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program. This is the first time I've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate. So if you followed me for some time and you feel that I would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set, based on the topics we cover on this show, I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire, and let's schedule a chat. Yeah. So so there are good places, you know, uh, which is very expensive, and you get those royal uh, feelings. So don't get me wrong there is tons and tons of money in india yeah only the, i see the distribution because of the political situation is mm-hmm. very uneven distribution yeah uh, and majority of the you know global news they show the other half because you know that's more of mm-hmm. the thing which catches attention but there is tons and tons of money like there are some politicians who can buy countries like they have so much money mm-hmm. uh, so industrialist and all those thing even the yeah. movie stars but the distribution is very uneven yeah and That's i've heard it, i've heard it put like this like india is like so established thousands of years right yeah. and, like of the same political parties yes. and like so so you've been in it for so long whereas and in, in the wealthy have been established for like dozens of generations and yes. then you have the not wealthy whereas in canada like it's still relatively fresh It's yeah. 150 years old or whatever. Yeah. US is a little bit a uh, little bit older than that, not like 200 and change. Um so like that's relatively new. Yes. And that's I think that's why it's still part of the reason why it's still like perceived as we can go make it. Yeah. You, you're not predetermined. You are in a certain sense because there's the the quote unquote elite class. Yeah. They're the next level here and they're the ones that control the politicians and blah blah yeah. blah. But uh the rest can still do well. still do well exactly that's an advantage like yeah. you can still do well here but over there i think i think now what i'm hearing like uh, the income streams and all for like even it jobs there has increased in india yeah in india as so well. it's getting better there it's getting better because i think the new administration yeah. is pretty pretty you know pro mm-hmm. about the country and they are pretty good yeah. with their leadership track but naturally when you are ruling like a billion population right yeah it's it's not an easy job to do yeah are they happy to see people leave like- uh kind of not so happy i would say because what happens is you know it's like a brain drain that they call 
Yeah, because uh, all their highest performers yeah, leave. Because mm-hmm. there the competition is crazy. Like, uh, yeah, I was telling, like, it's more easier to get into the Harvard than the best management school because the cutoff is extremely high. Okay. So what happens is when many students come here, it becomes easier for them to crack to majority the of the things. Yeah. yeah. So, so for example, like one of the exam, uh, it's a percentile based. Mm-hmm. So 99.6%, like you just have to be in the top 0.04% to get into those elite institutions, which is yeah. like crazy. Yeah. So 200,000, 300,000 people compete for maybe 100 seats. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so you can imagine. So it gets that. easier for them to just come here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, yeah, because it's interesting. Tough. Yeah. Like it's it's uh you know such a big part of our population or people yeah. who've immigrated from there. So I, I'm just genuinely curious right. about that. Um, because cool. and mainly like IT uh, kind of is still a, like a white collar job. Mm-hmm. So naturally, it's easy for us to get mm-hmm. into the good criteria because. No matter where we live, you know, we always like to stay peaceful and, you know, abide by the law. So mm-hmm. naturally, any country would prefer people who, you know, who abide by the laws and, you know, not create nuisance out here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, think. for sure. Well, now we need to get, uh, there's probably many Indians in the trades that would yeah. maybe come over here. We need to bring in some trades people. Yes. People yes. to build houses and things like that. Those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully here, at least the good part is now the land development rules are you know still becoming better like yeah. i was hearing you know you can build fourplex triplex those kind of things hopefully good times will be back in ontario <laughs> i think i mean depends on how you define it yeah but i certainly think from an investor standpoint yeah. there, there's some quote-unquote good times to be had <laughs> so, yeah like and yeah. i just want my focus to be back in ontario like i wish i could have done, really okay yeah, yeah so you like, never bought here no, I just have two single family oh, home. Yeah. One of them I converted to a duplex yeah. because interest rates were like literally yeah. making me sweat. Gotcha. So I just converted yeah. the primary to duplex yeah. so that at least it helps me cushion the yeah. mortgage thing. So for your like seed funding for all your real estate activities, was that like money you had saved from India or was that no. money that you made working in the US and in in here? Yeah, so I leveraged my IT community, you know, for capital raising to begin with and my relatives, like family and okay, friends. Okay, so you got a lot of... Yeah, friends they, over Were there. they limited partners or they were just like no, promissory just notes? No, just conventional, yeah, promissory notes. So, yeah, yeah. so because that time when I started, I had no idea about the general partner, limited partner Yeah, structure. you're just getting Just paper. starting out. Yeah, so, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Right, so I just yeah. started with, you know, those kind of uh, P notes, promissory notes, private lending, and uh, then eventually I started doing joint ventures with people outside. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, started understanding the general partner, limited partner mm-hmm. structure. And now I have transitioned there. Nice. So I started with two property here in Ontario. Then I was like, no, it's it's. And I did not know when I started that uh, these single family homes, yeah. they are solely relying on your income and ratio. So we bought two properties and yeah you realize that doesn't work and yeah. my debt came like till my throat yeah so it's so funny when i started this podcast most yeah. of the people i talked to were talking about that kind of a problem yeah they're talking about well you know like once you hit x number of properties you're tapped out i don't think i've had that conversation oh. on this now everybody's just like yeah so cmhc mli select yeah like we're buying multi-family buildings we're starting funds 
it's so funny to see how like the conversation has shifted. Right. And I don't think it's just my guess, but maybe it maybe it is. Maybe I'm just kind of drawing from like slightly more accomplished people now. Yeah. But uh, you know, like the sophistication I see just increasing. Right. And and people seeing okay, well, if we want to scale, we got to go next level. Yes. And a single family home or a duplex or any of that's not going to do it. It's tough. It's not going to allow you to scale because you're going to get stuck. But there are ways even with that yes. to fund them commercially. Commercially, And yeah. then you can scale it all you want. So for, for yours, you just have to get a few more units and then you can put a commercial loan on them. Or you can go to a credit union and, and they'll look at you that way too. Correct. And, and again, yeah. like... You know, maybe there are ways, but then mm. I realized, like, when I started, yeah, uh, I was literally, like, capping out. It was so hard to get qualified. Yeah. And we did not know, like, let's say, three friends bought together. The same yeah. mortgage was counted on everyone's Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That terrible. was brutal. That terrible. was brutal, right? Yeah. And I did not start with the right investor-focused realtor mortgage broker, you know. You just get no, someone, yeah. your friend, put you know gives you the reference for sure yeah i encourage and, people actively not to do that but yes they so, still do <laughs> yeah and then then i literally you know made sure no we need to build the right team who understands yeah. the real estate investing the right way and that's how you know now i've been helping people set up the right team making introductions and everything yeah. so um not to shift gears too hard here but i i do want to know why newfoundland and yeah and like tell me what that deal looks like yeah so Newfoundland, um, New Brunswick and Alberta, you know, they have these, there are no rent cap. Uh, so you can change rent to whatever you yes, want. Yes, exactly. So no rent right. control. No rent control. And if Investor, somebody's not paying, can you kick them one out? One or two months, that's it. So we had, so in our Newfoundland, like for example, we had $600 uh, for a rent. We changed it to 950 So you have to give us six months notice. Okay. Uh, and that is still fair. Like that's a lot of time. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Yeah. So, so in that they can either leave it mm -hmm. or they have to, you know, pay the market rent, whatever yeah. we are saying. Which is still. So, is fair. it whatever you want, or is it market rent? Market rent. So, so you can't yeah. go beyond market no, rent. No, we can still ask, but the thing is, people will not pay. They'll leave. Yeah, they right? will leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, but you could say, hey, this is a new yeah, rent, yeah. and it's up to them if they. I can leave. ask even like uh, there is no rule but you know again you want to be you don't want them to leave they want to leave exactly yeah, you just, just want them to pay market right rent. yeah so what we do is we do our own research we ask our mm -hmm. property manager like my property manager yeah. manages 300 plus units in yeah. newfoundland pretty nice lady and pretty experienced yeah so they recommend us something so you give the notice and if they are not paying they go out even quickly so it's not that yeah. they have to wait we have to wait till six months so that's an advantage. So they'll leave before the six yeah. months and then you just So, so let's it. say yeah. they are they don't want to pay. Yeah. They say that okay, we got a replacement. Yeah. Or they don't want to pay, then they leave. They'll be gone quick. in a month or two. Yes. Yeah. So one of the yeah. things we had, like one of the tenant was not willing to pay. Within one or two months, uh, yeah. you know, they were out. So Yep. And I like it's just so logical that if you, as a landlord, increase rent beyond market, your yeah. tenants will leave. Yeah. We don't need any big, bad rental control board to yeah. stop people from doing that. If you just level the playing field yeah. and let everyone set their rents properly, yeah. then you won't be punishing new tenants yeah. with legacy tenants that pay rents that don't make sense. Yeah, you got exactly. legacy tenants in Hamilton still paying $500 a month. Which is insane. Which now that landowner has to charge way more to the new tenants coming in to yeah. offset how low his rent is elsewhere right. and the risk of having low rent. Yes. So like if, if we just normalized it, average rents would drop. 
Yeah, because it would be good for the entire province to have no rent control. Yes, and and we are just saying that whatever is fair. Like I yeah. don't think when we are buying the property in today's market value, mm-hmm. right? When we are paying the interest in today's market value, it's mm-hmm. very unfair that your income is like grandfather for eighteen years. No, yeah, years. yeah, that's what. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, right, but so, again, you know. I, <laughs> I don't pretend that anything is supposed to make sense. Yeah. That if you let go of the fact that the government doesn't want things to make sense. Right. Then you'll be all right. <laughs> and 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 yeah. I feel that you know we can only do as an investor what yeah. is in our control. Right. We take our control so so and I agree with you. Yeah. Um I don't try to solve the world's problems although I say my piece. I I focus on yeah, how can I make things better right here. Yes. And uh so uh, this you know this is interesting so Newfoundland. Yeah. Um how much did you buy that for? So that was like uh, for five seventy four. Five seventy four. Yeah, five seventy four. Okay, and how many units? Uh that's eight unit. Eight units. Yeah. So that's less than a hundred a door. You're like seventy, eighty a door. Yes. Yes. And, and um, the best part was this is eighty three percent VTV seller financing. Eighty three percent. Okay, so let's let's plug some of these numbers in. Yeah. So five seventy three. I like the VTVs. Yeah. Uh. Okay, and then your total rents on that are what? So total, it was like five thousand about that. Yeah, five thousand monthly. About five thousand. Is it more now? Uh, it is six thousand right now. I'll just put six thousand in. Yeah, there. yeah. Okay, and then taxes on something like that, like yeah, taxes is we went for the premium one, seventy eight hundred. So because it's a old building, so we had two options yeah. like forty eight hundred, and I think uh, sorry seventy two hundred. So I went for the upper one because you know I want better coverage. So seventy two hundred for that. They give you coverage with your taxes. This you said insurance or? Oh no, I said yeah. taxes. But oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. So this is insurance seventy two hundred, and I think taxes is eight hundred a month, seven eighty a month. So how much will be ninety six hundred? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then maintenance, I'm gonna leave at five. Yeah. Uh, management five is that management gonna... is eight percent. Eight, and then landscaping and snow. Uh, we don't. Uh, you don't do, do the, it? No, that's done by tenants. The tenants just take care of yeah, it all? Yeah, take care of it all. Yeah. The landscaping too? Landscaping, we don't do anything. Like just the snow cleaning. Landscaping, I don't recall we doing like anything. Like no grass cutting? There's no grass to no, cut? No, no, no. It's it's like a downtown so on the no main grass. street. Yeah, yeah no yeah. grass. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and then you pay any electric, water, gas? No, everything is paid by tenant. So really? All there's the, no yeah. centralized gas boiler no, or anything? No, wow, that's great. Yes, yes. Uh, that's one good thing. Like all the... Units pay their yeah. own all the utilities, so only yeah. I pay the insurance. Yeah, the property management is deducted from the income. Yeah, and uh, the taxes. So just taxes nice. and insurance, I take. Yeah. Okay, so no waste disposal. There's no bin. No, nothing. I like the simplicity of all. Yeah, that, that, that's so. amazing because uh, it is yeah. right in the main street in downtown. Yeah. And uh, there is no like uh, yeah. maintenance and all those. And you things. said they did eighty three percent VTV. Yeah, six percent uh, interest. Six percent interest only. Interest only. Oh, you're gonna have big cash flow. Yeah, there. it's a decent one. Yeah, well, not that big. So eight yeah. eight fifty, but that's good. Like, yeah, still like for me, like these are the experiences, and you know, like I just want to, you know, make sure we are, yeah. you know, having these experiences. Right. And slowly, like I. My goal is not mm. to retire myself in one or two years. Like I don't want to do mm. something crazy, yeah. but I want to get comfortable yeah. with real estate, learn the nuances, right. uh, because these are stressful transactions, right? When you are sure. under contract and all. Do you, do you see more upside on this deal? Uh, not much. Like probably, I think uh, we'll be taking it to seven fifty 
800 those range like yeah uh, okay thing. so you're going to get the value up a bit yeah uh, not that's much. forced appreciation yeah for so, so right now it's already worth more than the 570 574 yeah you think so, it's worth more than that so now so that time when we bought last year the appraisal as is was 600 So you know, I think my goal is to take it to seven hundred, seven fifty. Yeah, and that'll just be through getting the rents up. Yes. So you're gonna do some rentals or no? Yeah. So two yeah. units we have changed. Two more is in progress. Yeah. So probably I will see. So like, just like a light reno, light reno, it, and yeah. then it gets more money. Yeah. So my goal yeah. is just move it to the a lender or anyone where you know the principal yeah. starts paying, and then maybe two three years I'll keep it. Then I'll probably mm -hmm. see should I continue for a more yeah. thing or sell it off. Yeah, you're either going to acquire more there, or you're gonna, or you're gonna get rid of it. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So because like yeah, looking at it, if if your value is like say you weren't force force appreciating it, yeah. um, your return like if I'm not counting passive appreciation, which I'm just generally not right now. Yeah. Then the return is just the cash flow, which isn't yeah. really that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was mainly like the main goal for me is as I said right like. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to get few multis under the belt, yeah, just, just to get experience. those experience because now something uh, to grow on, something yeah. to grow on exactly. Yeah. And another thing is, right now we have an opportunity of a forty-seven unit portfolio in Newfoundland. So what happened is, mm -hmm. because I had this presence there, mm -hmm. we have a tried and tested property management contractors, yeah, lawyers uh, and appraisals, right? So so this helped me go with my other partners. Into a bigger building yeah. as well. Cool. So, so that is in six buildings, and I just. So you're going to buy that potentially? Yes. Okay. So it's under contract right now. So you know, hopefully by December. Right now is the tentative, but mm. you know now people are going for all the vacation and all right in December. Yeah. So hopefully we may be able to close in January. Uh, wow okay yeah. so you're gonna grow in newfoundland as well yes yes so, wow that's cool so in, in like when you're borrowing money from family to get any of these deals done yeah. like are they in india or are they no here? no no. everyone like from here you know okay. kind of like fr friends are here only like brother-in-law uh was there you know once i took a small amount mm -hmm. but mostly like it's all my it community here oh, okay so yeah. people you work with that's great so you yes. just tell them about what you're up to and... yes because they know yeah. like you know we are meeting yeah. We know each other uh, for that's a long great. time. I so like that's it. That's how you know they start paying attention. Who who like did you ever like study somebody in terms of how to make those conversations turn into people lending to you? I would say the social media played a role. So you, you role. post about what yeah. you're doing. So what okay. I used to do, you know, like going to these real estate meetups or sharing the learnings that is mm. happening. So these are the kind of things. Yeah. Uh, the regular IT folks like us, we don't have it, right? Yeah. So then those conversations start, you know, because bigger. the people you work with don't know what to invest no, in, right? No, because they are not in those yeah. kind of mentorship. So what yeah. happens when we meet for any gathering, right? That time these kind of conversations yeah. go up, and then eventually it starts yeah. getting because when they start understanding the returns and yeah. how you know it's a much better return. Uh, that's where you know they start converting and, to investors. And these are like fixed interest rates usually. Yeah, fixed interest rate because I think uh, IT folks they are still not acquainted with the partnership. No, structure. it's way easier to say you just this is your return. yeah yeah. Way so easier. so they're more comfortable right yeah. now. But eventually they are now yeah. realizing the benefits. But mostly they are the interest yeah, kind of thing. What are you finding you have to offer to to make it lucrative for them? Uh, like twelve fifteen is decent. So anywhere in there. Yeah, yeah. in that okay. range. 
and uh, mostly our equity partners are like either the high net worth individuals mm-hmm. or people who are inside the real estate investing like they understand and yeah. they know that you know the equity partnership is a long term more rewarding thing yeah, yeah i like it man no that's yeah. great uh it's been super interesting talking to you why don't yeah. you tell uh, our audience where they find you yeah so i'm very active on social medias on facebook and linkedin and instagram so if they search my name suman chakraborty okay yeah um, and we'll put that in the show yes, notes make yes. sure we get your handle there yes okay. absolutely Perfect. So that will be very helpful. And thank you so much, Andrew, yeah. for inviting me in this amazing podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming. It was, it was uh, like I said, great, great getting to know you. Yes. And uh, look forward to uh, to hearing progress updates. Thank you so much. All I'll right. keep you posted. Okay, thank you. thank you. Here's how Infinite Banking works in under 60 seconds. You have to save your money somewhere. Well, we think the best place to save it is inside a cash value life insurance policy. You save some money in there, it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. Then an opportunity or emergency comes comes along. Let's say a few years down the road, you can buy a business, buy a property, buy an income-producing asset. You leverage the infinite banking policy, borrow against your asset, take advantage of the opportunity. But your money still stays in the infinite banking policy. You're not borrowing your money. You're borrowing the insurance company's money. So your money's in the policy, it's in the opportunity, and it's providing a death benefit. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You get to retirement, you have this massive cash value life insurance. Leverage that tax-free, and you don't repay those loans. You sit on the beach and you spend that money tax-free every month doesn't show up on a tax return, and you leave your family a huge tax-free death benefit. 